welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to, the me- to this meeting of Sexaholics Anonymous. My name is Aviad from Jerusalem, Israel. Hi. And I'll be your facilitator for this session. I'm also joined by... Bob W. from Chicago. Hey, Bob. Hi. Okay, this meeting, this name of the meeting is Sobriety versus Recovery. Please take a moment of silencing all electronic devices. If you need to use yours during the meeting, please take it outside. We ask that you not make any personal recording uh, for this or any meeting. Please uh, join me in a moment of silence followed by a serenity prayer. God, I need serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In spirit of carrying the essay message, this meeting is being recorded. If you're not sure if your share will be appropriate or on the topic, please participate by listening. The recording equipment will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share, please speak directly to the microphone so the listeners can follow. If you do not wish to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please do not touch any of the recording equipment. So I'll let Bob start. Thank you, Bob W., sexaholic. So the, the title of this meeting is Sobriety versus Recovery. Sometimes we use the words interchangeably. I think there's uh, often semantics issues and we get into arguing which is which, which is more important. So we're just going to share our feelings and our thoughts on, on that topic. And I, I went through the White Book and all my material is coming from the White Book. Uh, the essay purpose on page 201, our primary purpose is to stay sexually sober and help others achieve sobriety. So there you go. That's our primary purpose as an organization is to stay sober. Tradition 3 goes a little bit further. That's on page 191. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. That's the only requirement to come into the program. So where the white book starts to define sobriety is on page 191 uh, at the bottom, and there's a whole section on the definition of sobriety. So um, it says, in defining sobriety, we do not speak for those outside Sexaholics Anonymous. We can only speak for ourselves. Thus, for the married sexaholic, Sexual sobriety means having no form of sex with self or with persons other than the spouse. For the unmarried sexaholic, sexual sobriety means freedom from sex of any kind. And for all of us, single and married alike, sexual sobriety also includes progressive victory over lust. There's an asterisk there, an essay sobriety definition. The term spouse refers to one's partner in a marriage between a man and a woman. So that is our definition of sobriety. So on page, uh, continuing this forward and doing more reading, page 77, how it works, this is from the, the big book. Um, in the middle of this page, everything begins with sobriety. Without sobriety, there is no program of recovery. So let me repeat that. Without sobriety, there is no program of recovery. But without reversing the deadly traits that underlie our addiction, there is no positive and lasting sobriety. To recover from a life based on wrong attitudes, self-obsession, separation, false connections, blindness, 
in spiritual death requires a program of action that includes a fundamental change in attitude, a character change, union, the true connection, self-awareness, and a spiritual life. Working the principles of the steps as a new way of living has made this happen for us. So this they're talking about recovery and specifically working the steps. So page 143, as you're following me here, step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we've tried to carry this message to sexaholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. So staying sober is our initial objective. A spiritual awakening is the unintended result. So you see what it says there. A staying sober is our initial objective, but a spiritual awakening that happens after you work the steps is the unintended results. So in, in my program, I could not do one without the other. Uh, so I'd like to share some of uh, what's worked for me in the program, staying sober, working the steps, uh, which is recovery for me. Uh, but I also want to suggest that we not get too hung up on semantics and the definitions. Uh, the crucial thing for me when I joined the program, I didn't even know there was a recovery. All I knew is I needed to get sober from lust. So that was uh, what I started with. Now, after I've been in the program over 10 years, I have eight years of sobriety. I completed the steps uh, several times. Uh, what's different with me? And a lot of this I got from my wife, by the way. She will tell me whether I'm recovering or whether I'm not recovering. Uh, my, my communication with other people in the family is uh, uh, very positive right now. I allow myself to be vulnerable when I share my feelings and my needs with my wife, which I never did before. Before, when I came to the program, I, I would lie to my wife. I never mind sharing. I would lie to my wife. Uh, I did not listen to her. Uh, I did not share at all. And uh, today, uh, we share our uh, deepest feelings. We share our needs. We do a lot of empathic listening, which is repeating back what the other person is saying. She needs to say, did you hear me? And I'll say, yes. She go, what did I say? And I go, uh, could you repeat that again? So uh, I, I needed that. So communication was one, the real connection. Uh, when I was acting out, I was uh, very apart from my spouse and from my family. I was hidden. Uh, I was alone doing work, important work, right? And you all know what that work is. Um, I was too busy to join family events. And now I spend a lot of time with my spouse and family. That's a priority for me. Uh, but keep in mind, even when I came in the program and I was sober, I would still um, act and treat other people with disrespect. I still showed anger. I still showed resentment. I was still the center of the universe. But I was sober. I was not acting out. And that's the difference for me. It was not until I went through the program and did the steps was I able to change my lifestyle and my communications. That's working one through one through twelve. And by the way, what steps were important for me? Steps three was important. Steps seven and eight, working on character uh, six and seven, working on character defects, and step eleven, which I continue to work on. Uh, the other thing that would tell you whether you've, you're in recovery or not, and that is to uh, read the 12 promises. And they're found in the AA Big Book, Chapter 6, page 83 to 84. But some of those promises, you'll find a new happiness. Uh, you will not regret the past. You will understand the word serenity and no peace. Self-seeking will slip away. Fear will leave us. If that's true for you, some of those things, then you know you're in a recovery. You're part of a recovery process. Uh, 
and you're probably sober as well. Um, how much time do I have? Are you even tracking time here? Um, here's my suggestion, especially if you're new in the program. Uh, don't worry or dwell on definitions of this program. First aim to get sober, stop the acting out behavior, and start working the steps. Those were the two things for me that were important. I did them concurrently. Uh, I still acted out, had slips uh, several years into the program. Uh, early on in the program, it would have been a disaster. I'd go right back in and acting out. I was getting some recovery. The last time I acted out, immediately the next day, I was meditating, praying. I was honest. And uh, I was I was still in recovery. I felt good about myself. And it taught me a lesson to that I could not act out. I could not control and enjoy it. So for me, uh, the steps was a transformation in my character. And uh, I could not have done it without the steps. So that's, that's the uh, difference for me. Thank you. And I'll pass to my partner. Thanks for sharing. Hi, everyone. I'm Aviad Sexaholic. Uh, funny enough, my experience is not so far from Bob's. Um, so, recovery versus sobriety. Um, actually, the this part where we read from the white book, we actually read it in my home group, The Three Legacies in, in Katamon, um, where we say sobriety is the foundation. It's only the beginning. It's the foundation, but it's only the beginning. So that that's how it was for me. Uh, I came into the program and I I didn't even know that my problem was lust. You know, I was I heard it happens to a lot of newcomers. I thought my problem was sex, and I had a whole bunch of other problems which you shouldn't be worried about. I'll take care of them myself. You know, just help me with this masturbation and and, and pornography stuff and some other stuff um, that I've that I was doing and um, just realizing uh, uh, sobriety definition. Lust, you know, and really understanding that lust was the driving force behind all my acting out uh, was a true uh, discovery for me. And it all began, the, 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 my recovery journey began there. So it began with understanding lust, understanding um, sobriety from lust, and actually achieving sobriety by coming to meetings and start and taking an essay sponsor and... Um, being teachable. So I did everything you guys told me to do. Even if it sounds kind of weird, like step out of your bed in 1 a.m. if you have a fantasy and pick up the phone. You know, and if, and if nobody answers, open a literature or call someone from the States because time differences is cool. And if you're from the States and in the middle of the night, you can call Israel. You can take my number after the meeting. So we were worldwide fellowship and it really helps. And after... Um, so after I've been sober for a while, you know, I kind of realized mm, there's something still going on inside. And some of the people were talking about the spiritual malady and about how working the steps, 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 how that should um, change something inside me or change my perspective or both. And so for me, recovery is really about changing from the inside out. And working the steps. So the steps are the path for change for us in SA. And as my sponsor would, uh, would uh, love to point out to me every time some of my sponsees are having trouble or, you know, I don't know what to do with one of them and, I, and, and I'll, you know, I, I can only have my own experience to share. And my sponsor reminds me that the 12 steps are only a suggestion. But really, guys, it's the only suggestion we have. So um, that's, the, that's the suggestions I take from my sponsor on how to work the steps to really grow spiritually and find this way, new way of life, you know, like the, like the big book and the white book promises us, like the promises of being happy, joyous, and free. And uh, life isn't all pink clouds all the time. This is why I keep on working the steps. 
So things, life events, you know, kind of pop their way into my, into my daily living and I have to maintain and keep on growing. And so recovery for me is keeping on growing. And there's a lot, a lot of balance checks, you know, if I'm on, if I'm on the road, if I'm driving. I know if I'm on recovery, if I'm in recovery or not. Depends on how much, how many times I honk the horn or how many times I want to drive into someone because I'm getting pissed off on the way they're driving, right? Um, usually on a very spiritual fit condition kind of day, you know, someone cuts me off and I'll just say, you know, that's okay. You know, and so recovery for me really changes the way I live my daily life. And it was mentioned, you know, all my relationships with my wife and colleagues, and everything. And I think a lot of the things that I do is really stepping outside of my comfort zone, because uh, we have to keep on growing. The big book says that if 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 a sexaholic won't maintain and grow his spiritual experience. We can't we can't really handle, you know, the dark spots that will come. And yeah, so keeping on working the steps uh is the key for me. Um yeah. So one more thing I wanted to add is really when I was asking myself before the meeting, sobriety versus recovery. So I have these, I have these things that I can tell whether I'm in recovery or not. Uh, like other people, like I've mentioned, you know, when I'm on the road. And it's also, I can ask myself some really, uh, simple questions. If I've done my steps, if I'm, if I had my meditation or prayer this morning. Actually, I'm not good at meditation yet. I do it only a few times a week, trying to get on that. But I have my prayers every morning and I got my daily readings. And all these things I kinda they they not only maintain my sobriety but keep my connection with my higher power. And I think that's really where that's really where things are happening. It's like, okay, I've done the steps, I've did my amends, I've did my I did the whole list with the resentments. Well what's now? Well sometimes resentments keep on coming, but it's not only that, it's really that um, keeping on experiences, keeping on experiencing uh, spiritual experiences with you guys in the fellowship, so doing service, coming to conventions like these. You know, this is not only a memory. I have so many, uh, not only good lines, but true experiences of true connections that I had in the previous international. I was in the States and some some regional conventions in Europe and even in Israel, my hometown, you know, I see people that I don't see on a regular basis. And wasn't it what we were all looking for? True connection? And so I was watching a computer or acting out with people that didn't really care about me or actually was abusive to me. And meeting friends, having male and female friends in recovery with healthy boundaries, you know, that really take care of me and really not take care of me, t- um, care about me. Right? It's just something I didn't have. And, um, when my sponsor who lives in the States can send a five-year chip coin through a, through a member and show up at my anniversary in, in my hometown in Jerusalem, that's not only warms my heart, which it is, but it really shows me that how a love cripple like myself can turn into uh, a loving person who takes the actions of love that I learned in the program and think of other people you know and i'm I'm developing my relationships with my sponsees and meeting friends here in recovery and just having this true connection with you guys and slowly slowly also with my higher power is really maybe uh what we were all or what I was looking for in lust is the true connection and um, maybe the last reference is really fear. So, like the promise was mentioned, when I'm experiencing fear, so I got less and less resentments. I gotta be honest with you. After I realized, you know, like how dumb it is, most of the resentments gone. Not all of them. Still got some on, and some new ones will pop off. But usually, an inventory and talking with my sponsor, other friends, 
goes away. But the fear, I found them kind of deeper. And it takes another while, I guess maybe another five years, to kind of get true connection with higher power and trust so I can resolve, not not completely, never, but get more honest, get more free of them. So I'm, ha- I'm experiencing fears, and fears is where I'm not working my program um, or I, or I'm I'm being disturbed by the fears if I'm not working my program, and so yeah, if I had a really serene good day, or if I had fears, but I took the actions and I worked through the stuff I needed to go to work on, I know I had a day in recovery, and so sobriety is really the foundation, but it's just not enough. That, that's what I'm trying. That's I think that's the point I'm trying to make, at least for me. And I also mention out in the big book about this guy, I forgot the page, where they out of the storm and all the, all the neighborhood is a wreck and he's saying, oh, thank God the storm went off. Didn't, doesn't realize he has so many things to repair and we have still have to have a home to live in. And so it's nice for my wife that I'm sober. She appreciates that. But if I'm acting like a dry drunk or like crazy, she doesn't care about any program or any numbers. That's not impressive, you know. I need to be the man I wanted. I want to be, and I think that's what I'm looking for in recovery. Um, yeah. So thanks for letting me share. My time. Okay. So here are the guidelines for sharing at this meeting. In sharing, we ask the members with five years or more sobriety share first, then one or four years, then if time allows, other uh, then if time allows, others will be invited to share as we want to focus on the solution. If you would like to share, please come up ahead and turn to everyone to, and turn and make your line over here at the sitting aside um, the chair up front. When it is your turn, please speak clearly and into the mic so everyone could hear you. In participation, we avoid topics that lead to dissension or distraction. We avoid sexual explicit description and sexual abusive language. The emphasis is on honest recovery and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and 12 traditions in our daily life. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another is getting to, to inappropriate, explicit, or focusing excessively on the problem rather than on the solution, they may signify by quietly raising their hand. Although this is an anonymous meeting, please remember that anonymity does not mean legal confidentiality. Please do not share any felony of which you haven't been adjusted else we will be required to inform law officials and protect the injured. Please be mindful of what you share and not break your, your or another member's anonymity. Would anyone like to volunteer for a timekeeping? That, that would be great. Um, yeah, how, many, how much time do we time it? Three minutes? Okay. So anyone wants to share? My name's Bill. I'm a recovered sexaholic. I think that uh, what I heard shared by the people on this uh, uh, panel uh, really gets the heart of it. Um, In the White Book, Roy talks about a negative sobriety of not acting out, not doing things, not, 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 until one day not was not enough and he was back out. Uh, there's also a comment that if I don't find what uh, what my uh, addiction is looking for, someday I'm going to have to go back out. Uh, I tell my uh, sponsees uh, a paraphrase of really what's in the, the uh, white book that uh, without sobriety there can be no recovery, <clears throat> but without recovery. Sobriety gets very tedious fairly quickly. And so as soon as uh, we get to a place where uh, the tools that allow us to stay sober are, are beginning to take effect, the next thing that we get busy with is working the steps. And uh, I remember my sponsor told me that as soon as I stopped uh, taking in 
lust or any other chemicals that it, I had started a race even if I didn't know about it. And the race was between my addiction and my recovery. And if I didn't get far enough ahead in my recovery, the day would come when I would relapse. And I remember that uh, 20-something years later, and I try to impress upon that that uh, that working the steps is the program of recovery. And doing it, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll learn this saying just within the last couple of years, the steps are best worked quickly and often. Thank you. I'm Ben. I'm a great pillar recovering sexaholic. So the first point for me is in the big book, in the preface, uh, when Bill was writing, he describes a, a fellowship of 100 men and women of recovered uh, alcoholics. And so what I take from that is that after they all worked the steps, they entered into recovery. Uh, I really like what was shared earlier about the house uh, being repaired is the act of recovery. Um, from my own experience, uh, when I realized uh, I was in recovery was after step five. Uh, and the reason I realized that is because I had uh, given away and surrendered so much of the garbage and shame pain in my life. And I began to see more than just sobriety, more than just no more masturbation uh, happening in my life. Uh, I saw myself getting more serene at work. Uh, I saw myself being nicer to people. Uh, I found myself not trying to run the person who cut me off uh, on the road, uh, trying to run them off the road. I didn't do want to do that anymore. Uh, well, every time anyway. Um, I realized I could go to work and I could listen to other people's opinions um, and not have to force my opinions on others. Uh, these were all the things that, that showed me that uh, was I not just no longer masturbating and staying sober, but my life had begun to change. And so then I took a look at step nine uh, later on, and I realized that the ninth step promises uh, were coming true in my life. Uh, I was learning how, how to handle situations which used to baffle me. Uh, financial insecurity was leaving me. Um, I could not check my bank account five times a day and make sure I still had the same amount of money I did 10 minutes ago um, because that was a kind of insanity uh, that was in my brain uh, when I was just strictly sober. Um, sober is definitely step zero. It's the first step, and there is no recovery without sobriety. But for me, when my life changed uh, outside of just sex, um, that's how I knew I was in recovery. And life is really good when you're in recovery. So I hope everyone here uh, gets there. Thank you. My name is Ted. I'm a sexaholic. I want to support what uh, Bob and Aviad and Bill said earlier, but I also want to contradict it a little bit. Um, the white book is built on the back of the blue book. And the Blue Book doesn't even speak about sobriety very much. It focuses almost entirely on recovery. And I want to also read what Bob read, but go a little bit further. Bob read that everything begins with sobriety, but he left out the second half of the paragraph, which is really, to me, more important. To recover from a life based on wrong attitudes, self-obsession, separation, false connections, blindness, and spiritual death requires a program of action that includes a fundamental change in attitude, character change, union, the true connection, self-awareness, and spiritual life. So the objective, yes, without sobriety, there is no recovery. There's no argument there. But sobriety is not the game here. It's the key to get into the party. The party is recovery. Again, following up on Bob Red, the result of work on page 144, the result of working the steps is not.
primarily a physical or emotional awakening, which really is sobriety. Physical is sobriety. Though these are involved, it is essentially a spiritual awakening where the spirit that was dead to God, others, and rightness is made alive to God, alive to others, and alive to rightness. So to me, Roy made it very clear that, yes, sobriety is the starting point. It's the first square in your Monopoly trip around the board. But the rest of the game is far more complicated and far more important. Bill mentioned that not, not, not doesn't work. If I don't change the way I live my life in every aspect from my addiction, then I'm not recovering and I'm going nowhere fast. The element, the key, key element is the goal of recovery. And I must say, I've been to many, many of these conferences. I love coming to them. And I come to them for one reason and one reason only. For me, it is the best resource of recovery in the world. I can go to all the meetings that I want. Some meetings are good. Some meetings ain't so good. Some guys are great. Some guys, okay, they're not so good. But when I come to the SA conference, I know that I'm going to get 48 hours of recovery. And that recovery has to last me six months till the next conference when I get another 48 hours of recovery. So what I would say to you, my advice, if you haven't read the blue book, and I know a lot of people haven't, read it cover to cover many times. Bill read, uh, Roy read it, and that's what he wrote the white book about. So if you're going to focus on the white book without reading the blue book, you're really missing, in my opinion, the core of what recovery is. Sobriety is great. Recovery is life. Thank you. Anybody with uh, one year or more of recovery or sobriety wish to share, please come forward. We'll open it up now to anybody that would like to share. I'm Steve G. from Connecticut, and I'm a sexaholic. I thank the leads and the previous chairs. I, uh, I uh, come to be honest and as an object lesson. Uh, last month I should have and would have uh, had an eight-year chip. Instead, I have two months of sobriety right now. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, I, I agree with everything that was said. And I can tell you that six months ago, uh, I went to the convention because I knew I needed a booster. And I talked to people about the fact that I felt like my program wasn't on. And uh, the truth is, as I've done my post-mortem about what well, was a really serious relapse, I would say, um, even though I also had the experience of the next day, I knew that I hadn't lost everything. But in my post-mortem, I knew that if I were honest, for a year, um, I wasn't in recovery anymore. And I, I can't tell you why, and that's what I'm really trying to figure out. Uh, I was sober, but not recovered anymore. And, uh, and I sensed it, and I knew it was fleeting, and that's why I was talking about it, and yet, uh, and yet um, it manifested uh, as a relapse. Um, so that's okay. I'm just another bozo on the bus. That's all I've ever been. And I know that there's a solution, uh, and I believe in it, because although, like I say, I have 90%, I'm not as happy and joyous and free as I was in the last six years. So I keep coming back, and I'm so grateful to be reminded that which I know but which I didn't believe and not sure I still believe as much as I want to believe, but I need to believe. So thank you. Still waiting for you all shares. Um, another thing I would like to mention is the end of the big book where he talks about the fellowship of the spirit and where the only desire for mem the only the only desire the only requirement 
from membership in the fellowship, as you all know, in the third tradition is um, an honest uh, desire to stay sexually sober. But I heard a great comment mentioning that that only gets you into the physical fellowship. Uh, if you want to go into the fellowship of the spirit, or should I say, a fellowship of recovery, then there are requirements, some more. And if I'll just quote from the vision for you, which probably all of you read, it's um, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. That sounds like steps one to three, maybe. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Sounds around like four or seven. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Eight and nine. Give freely of what you find and join us. Ten to twelve. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Thanks. Ari, great for recovering sex alloc. So, thank you guys for your shares. I appreciate it a lot. Um, the reason why I'm here at the convention and the specific meeting, it has, has been mentioned by previous year also, my wife can point out to me when my recovery is working or it's just my sobriety. And quite frankly, she doesn't care for my sobriety much if there's no recovery with it. Um, so... Just shortly or briefly, I've had, you know, since I've joined the program, I've been sober for about 14 or 15 months and had a slip, uh, got back up and was sober for 14 or 15, maybe 16 months and had a slip. Um, by God's grace, I'm sober now, 17 and a half months, one day at a time, and I am fearful, extremely fearful and anxious because this is my pattern of acting out. Now, what I do notice is that this pattern is just because, or I believe been shown to me to be because it was just about sobriety. And as one of my previous sponsors had mentioned to me, I'm off of Novocaine, and now I feel the pain really, really, really bad. So I better have a good program to back it up and to help me out. So this time around, I've worked my 12 steps which is something I had not done previously. And the recovery part of that is on a day-to-day -day basis, mostly, and definitely relate to the driving as a good gauge for how I'm doing in my recovery, um, specifically with getting angry at other drivers. Or also, you know, the noise in my head is a big deal. I would not be able to drive without having to listen to music, something, a talk show, anything to get out of my head. Gratefully now, there are days that I can just drive the windows open and just enjoy whatever happens in my head. Not necessarily keep it there, but anything that happens is just, you know, acknowledge or, or become aware. And, you know, having worked the 12 steps isn't, I'm noticing also, isn't a one-time deal that I could just, oh, so I worked the 12 steps and I'm good to go. I worked the 12 steps, now I better get my ass back to work because it's not going to work if I just leave it at, oh, so I check in, I'm working 12 to, you know, 10, 11, and 12 on a regular basis, I'm grateful to be here, and thanks for seeing me, and uh, that won't work for me, I don't believe it will, so my commitment is to work it again, that's all, thanks for having me share. Mayor Sexaholic from Mayor. yeah hey um I just hear some people say recovered and some people not recovered even if they have little to no sobriety and I still hear that a lot and I was just wondering um, in people's experience if it's if you should strive to say recovered as something you're striving for a mindset or you don't say that until you feel like you've reached it and I'm open to whatever um, shares that can be useful. Yeah, Bob Sexaholic. 
I would say if you're concerned about definitions, you're not far enough in recovery. Um, but it's it's more the actions, and it's more you know you moving towards it. So when we get so tied up into well, are they really in recovery or are they not in recovery? Then it's you're not for even for other people for self you're you're asking the wrong questions and um, you know just focus on yourself focus on getting better and uh, don't worry so much about counting days or years or definitions and. That's part of our judgmental issues, you know, where we always are full of opinions and easy to judge. Well, when you're in recovery, all of a sudden you're not offering the judgments and advice. That's one of the first things my wife noticed is, boy, you're, you know, you used to be really critical of this or that. Now is it that you don't care? And I go, you know, I, I just accept what what other people are doing, it's okay. You just be a good role model yourself. And that's all I can do is be the best Bob I can be. So. Thanks, Bob. I'll just add to that. So I also don't bother enough, bother much about definitions. My take on that one is fairly simple. First of all, it says in the big book that the first hundred had recovered, and it mentioned it a lot in the big book. So it's very simple. If I take the 12 steps, if I work the 12 steps, and I've experienced the spiritual awakening in my life, and one of the definitions of spiritual experiences in the 12 and 12 is if I can feel, think, and act differently in ways that I couldn't feel, think, and act on my own devices. Well, if I've experienced that, then I've recovered, in my opinion. So working the 12 steps and experiencing a spiritual experience is the requirements for me before I said those words. Another important comment on definitions. I've heard an AA speaker share that, and I, and I, I took it right in, and I think it's really important. He said that it was, he was sober a few years. He had that question or maybe a different question. Anyhow, it was a really serious, really important question about recovery. And he was arguing with the other guy. And he was waiting for an old-timer to kind of give the verdict, the real truth. And then they wait out before the meeting. There was actually, they were fighting before the meeting. And then this, this old-timer went there. I don't know, his name was Bob or something. He said he, he was sober like 500 years before the Big Bang or something. And... They went there to ask him and said, what do you think about that question? Again, it was a really important question, but he couldn't remember what it was exactly. And he said that, uh, he asked that question and, and this, this dinosaur, sober dinosaur came to him and his reply was, hmm, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not interested in outside issues. You know, my only purpose here is to stay sober and help others achieve sobriety. So that was his chore. And then he says, that speaker that I took in, he said, you know, if I'll be fighting or arguing or even thinking too much about questions um, that are not recovery, then what, what, what I would do is that I would, I would distract the newcomer. And so I can argue with a friend about should I say recover or recovered or recovery or whatever. And then this newcomer who is kind of frightened and sits in the back and doesn't know what to do and considers, you know, his ways, should it approach someone, just sees a bunch of guys, you know, fighting over definitions, and he just walks away. And so it was really important for me to kind of appreciate uh, my recovery. And um, that's my comment. Hi, I'm Anonymous. Hey, guys. Um, thanks for the shares. Um, my, my experience is I was sober for about uh, 11 and a half months, and there were three people in our city that had a year, and I was going to join the Sober Triumvirate, and I was really looking forward to being part of the club. And I was enraged. The first gift of sobriety for me was rage. I had no anger before I got here. Um, 
and um, I was miserable, and I had a slip, and I'm so grateful for that slip um, because it made me miserable enough to do steps four through twelve. Um, somebody told me once that you know sobriety is not a wonderful life; it's a miserable life if that's all you have. But sobriety gives me the opportunity to have a wonderful life. And that's where 4 through 12 come in. And um, I found that to be true. Thanks. Hello. I'm Luis. I'm a sexaholic. Um, so, in, in getting in the program, um, I have a multitude of compulsions. One of them happens to be sex addiction. Um, and I could go to other programs and work the 12 steps there. But at the core of the issue, at the core of all the, all the behaviors that I have and all the dysfunction is what I see as a broken, a broken person. You know, I'm, I was, uh, the way I was raised, the things that happened to me, um, the shame and the, all, all that stuff kind of, uh, led to a situation where I found an escape and I found that certain behaviors, um, allowed me to cope with life, numb out. And so sobriety, versus uh, recovery for me is sobriety is just stopping those compulsive behaviors, but I need much more than that. I see this, you know, I, I see a lot of brokenness in myself, and I want that recovery. I want to be restored. And that's what recovery means to me, is, is the opportunity to restore myself, to, to you know, as my, as my therapist says, reparent myself, when I was first introduced to that to that concept, I, I didn't even know what to think of that, reparenting myself. What does that mean? Um, but now I know. I know that I w- <clears throat> there, there are some, you know, my parents did the best they could, but uh, with what they had. But now at this point in my life, I have to take, a, I have to take responsibility for my own actions, for, for what what my my own maladies, and I have to do something about it, which includes coming to uh, you know conventions like this and and going to meetings and entering into recovery so that I can be useful in life, not just be sober, but you know the program does ask us it asks me something it's, it's something very extraordinary it's asking me to to give up those old coping mechanisms and enter into a new life. And I learned the hard way in the beginning that doing half measures is very dangerous because I gave up the coping, the the compulsive masturbation. Giving that stuff up but not replacing it with something healthy is very dangerous. And it leaves me in a it left me in a very bad spot. And so I relapsed. And you know I was amazed it's kind of interesting. I I relapsed in this hotel room a year ago, so it's amazing to come back to this same hotel and uh, and and be at this convention. Anyway, so that's what recovery means to me, and I, I appreciate. It. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone, for your shares. In closing, anything you have heard in this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles that I say can be found in 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly in SA, the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. 
The share we have heard here is we're in told in confidence. Please do not repeat what you heard what you heard about another member or to anyone that was not actually here at this meeting at this meeting at that time. It was shared. Please, what we say here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Let's all close together with the third step prayer. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.